Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Midfield Podcast, episode four. Today's topics: we're going to talk about the Gold Cup. We're also going to be touching a little bit into what FIFA's trying to do. And in the last thing, we want to do a quick special shout out to all of our followers who have um, helped us out with this last topic and, and told us how and why they got into watching soccer, playing soccer, and loving the beautiful game that we all like. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's up, man? How you guys been? Good. How was how, how's, how was this weekend? It was good. It was good. It's good. The games, right? There were some good nice games. games. There was. Yeah. That Mexico Salvador game was pretty nice. Yeah, that was exciting. That was exciting. Shout out to El Salvador for shout out to El Salvador being the first team to qualify. Yep, they're no joke. They're no they're joke. No joke. They're, they're, they're playing they good. Win. They are playing Let's good. Select that. Let's select that, um, bro. So, what are you guys' thoughts so far on the Gold Cup? Have you, you know, um, so far in this tournament, we're about to get, we're getting ready to go into the in, in, into the knockout phases here. About to see some great matches. Yeah, what, are you, um, what are your thoughts? I was surprised that the the U.S. brought pretty much their B team, their their young team. I thought they were going to go all out for the uh, Gold Cup. Um, I don't know if their their team is really that up for winning the whole thing. Um, I saw the Haiti USA game. They they scored early in the seventh minute round against Haiti, and I thought it was going to be a wrap. Then I thought they were going to score more goals. But they, they struggled really hard. Honestly, Haiti could have easily tied it. And I feel like Haiti, if Haiti tied it, they would have Haiti could have won the whole game, but um Haiti couldn't capitalize on some um finishes. They had a lot of COVID absences, unfortunately, for their star teams. But um uh and I, against um there's the second opponent, USA. Who was it again? Um Daniel? Martinique. 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 Um, yeah. they did they did win six one. I mean, it was convincing, but they, they 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 struggled against Canada a little bit. They scored really early in the 20, uh, 20 seconds into the game. But then it was, after that, it wasn't anything. So I don't know about this U.S. team. I don't know. We'll see how they do in the in the next – in the knockout stage. What do you guys think? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think um, they're, they're not – I don't know. They're not struggling. I mean, they, they won all three games, but I feel like they're just right. not – They're not convincing. It's not, maybe, it's maybe, not convincing. Maybe, maybe in the group stages. We'll see. We'll right, see. right. It's not convincing. But, we'll but for me, like, um, the team that has surprised me a lot is El Salvador. La Selecta. Yeah. That is, um, I guess, I, I, feel, I feel like I hear it on the television all the time. Like, oh, we didn't expect El Salvador to make it that far. But we really didn't expect El Salvador to make it that, like, play like that, like they're playing. And I guess you got to give it up to the coach. Um, and the players that they brought out, they're really, they're really going for it. Yeah, and um, they, yeah. Go ahead. That's all good. I was just gonna say that the Mexico came out to play. So the fact that um, Mexico only scored one goal and El Salvador had a lot of chances to tie it up, I feel like that well, just kind of easily... it was off of the deflection too. So I mean, yeah, like... that's what I'm saying. That's what I was gonna say. The deflection yeah, it could easily been a zero-zero game. Yeah, because El Salvador's um, goalie was on point. He was blocking everything. He was blocking yeah. yeah, like at least. Three one-on-ones and a couple like long rangers. Yeah. So he he was on point. Um, I think El Salvador. I think what they I don't know what the coach told him at halftime, but they came out energized and, and ready to take on the game. 
Um, usually, you know, we would have seen a team that would have folded and got, and it would have been like a mm-hmm. route. You know what I mean? But right. but it wasn't, and, and that's that's really good. It's really good for Central American soccer to for for teams to grow and and be able to compete against against Mexico, be able to compete against the U.S. Right. I like um, that. And, I like okay. that. I like yeah. that because there's you see a lot of games ending up two one one zero. Um, it's they're they're pretty close games. Usually, Mexico would have been beat El Salvador by a lot more, but now El Salvador's, you can tell they've been they've been putting in work, and Mexico also put in work. They brought I think a lot of their A team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So they're they're in this to win this this cup. So. Yeah, I think I think what we're seeing a lot of in Central America, at least in the in the uh, Concacaf, is that like a lot of teams are bringing or, or really using their resources. So I know El Salvador and Mexico and and uh, sir, I think Honduras too. They're they're using a lot of uh, dual citizens. So people with dual citizenship, they're bringing they're bringing let's say American kids that played for for the U.S. national team. You know the 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 you know, you the, the younger right. the younger leagues, right? Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard. They play in the MLS or or you know they're they're using their resources, and that is bringing up the quality for their teams, um, especially for countries smaller countries, you know, that yeah, when I was, don't have don't have all those people available. When I was when I was watching the USA, I'm sorry, the uh, El Salvador Guatemala game. I was surprised that the commentators were saying a lot of the um, players from El Salvador trained in the U.S. academies and they couldn't make it to the U.S. team so they decided to go to the El Salvador team or, yeah, like, or something like, like Roldan, that. Roldan, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, his brother actually plays for the U.S. national team. He plays uh, left right back for the for the Salvadorian national team. But okay. yeah, they both they both started out they both started out playing for the USA. Okay. Which is good, pretty cool. I think good. it's smart. I think it's really smart. I mean, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if El Salvador makes it to the final. Let's hope so. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be <laughs> nice. Get a little little new blood in there. Not only, yeah, you know, get, get rid of yeah. the stronghold that is the U.S. and Mexico. Right. Um, speaking, of, speaking of the U.S., though, I, I, I am shocked also that they did not bring, quote-unquote, their best team, especially because they did not qualify for the Olympics either. So, you know, right. they didn't qualify yeah. for the World Cup, not the Olympics, like, you know what I mean? You have to at least bring back some trophies, some silverware. Get 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 the, get the get the country behind the team again, and that's something that U.S. you know the U.S. women's team has been able to do. Just you know, when they see when they see gold, they go and they take it. Sure. Nobody has been able to check them. So you know, people people like a winner. People like a winner. People like people. You know what I mean? People like teams that can you know win back to back to back to back. So I'm not sure why the men's team didn't come to this. I don't know if it's they the coaches did. have given the opportunity to the younger players, but you know they need to get prepared because they cannot go another year without a World Cup. Right. Yeah. I think I think a lot of it is is also because, let's say, their best players are playing in Europe right now. Two of them, I feel like a, a couple of them actually went to the finals. You know, they went far with their with their teams. Like maybe right. they they needed the rest, or they were just getting right. ready for next season. Um, they did, but I think they should have actually brought the A team, like you said. Like, it would have been nice to see. I, I or, somewhat, or like a mix. I somewhat, yeah, I somewhat understand it because they, the U.S., um, just competed in the in that new tournament, the Nations League, where it, the final was Mexico and U.S. and the U.S. did bring their A team, and 
maybe maybe they just want to give them a rest. It's too much back to back. But at the same time, it's the Gold Cup. It's just like you got to bring your squad. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, I agree. Speaking of speaking of uh, new things like the Nations League, um, FIFA has been rumored of bringing out some new rules, trying to change the game, tweak it up a little bit. Maybe maybe please a certain you know certain part of the world. Yeah. So what are you guys thoughts? I mean, you know, let me let me go run through some changes here. So one of the big changes are they want to do two 30-minute halves when the ball goes out of bounds, the clock stops. They also want to do unlimited subs, which I kind of like unlimited subs, but that's probably the only rule that I kind of you know wouldn't mind messing with. Uh kickings to replace throw-ins. I, I think that's the dumbest thing ever. And a five-minute saving <laughs> for a yellow card. I mean, come on. What do you what is this like hockey? <laughs> Um, you want to start, Dan? Um, yeah. Um, I like Ch- like Chamba said that the only thing that I would probably be okay with is unlimited subs. Um, but the rest just seems it seems dumb to me. It seems like Far-fetched. if we're yeah. yeah, if we're playing you know little league or something like you know, you know, I I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand what would be the benefits of. Of all this, I mean, if, if we we've been playing soccer the traditional way for over a hundred years, you know, right? I don't. I, don't I get know. you. I get that you may want to keep the players fresh and limit injuries, but that's why you have unlimited subs. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't think the clock should stop out of bounds. I think that's it's, it's just it's gonna it's gonna create a lot of stoppage. You know what I mean. You let the let the ball play. Let the clock. That's part of the game. You know, the clock's running yeah. out. That's part of the game. So that would really change everything. I mean, even even yeah. television television spots, and um, you wouldn't know when to go to commercial. You wouldn't know how long a game is going to last. You know, like right. It could be like four hours now because there's so many stops or whatever. It, it would it wouldn't be four hours. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. I think this whole thing. Uh, I mean, the limit. I I don't like any of these rules. Um. I think they're trying to ch- maybe test the market. Maybe since there's a lot of team, there's a lot of uh, new cups coming up. Maybe they're trying to rest some players if they want to change this. But I mean, hopefully this is just a rumor. And I mean, yeah, two 30 minute halves. I, I mean, maybe, I guess, I don't know. The clock stops when the ball goes out of bounds. I mean, that's very Americanized, you know, that's basketball and, and football. I don't know if they're trying to attract more um, USA viewers. American audience. Right. Um, unlimited subs, I get, but it's kind of, I mean, if you've ever seen a friendly game, when you when you have unlimited subs, um, it changes the pace of the game. It's completely different. Um, kick-ins to replace throw-ins, that's, that's, I don't know what that is. That's dumb. I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth, though, on that one. On that one, look. Okay. I think it's dumb because we've been playing soccer the traditional way for hundreds of years, or no, not hundreds, but you know, like a long time, right? But you could probably do more with your feet. As far as soccer players, you could probably do more with your feet and kick it further, get it to different players. It's just a, I, I just think it's a dumb idea because it's like, it's childish to me. It is. It, I mean, it's just, it's a small foul. Like, just think of it as a small foul. Uh, like a, yes, a, free, a free kick. kick. It's a, it's a yeah. free, small free kick. The five minutes, uh, sin bin, yellow card. Yeah, that's straight up hockey. I mean, I don't know what, like, (laughs) 
we're gonna watch a boxing match later after that. <laughs> so, I don't yeah. know. But I mean, See, like, hopefully, they're just rumors. For me, if they want to try these things out, it's totally fine. But you can't call it soccer. Call it something else. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. They should. You know when they should have tried this? They should have tried this during COVID. Because people were getting injured, I would have helped a little bit. I mean, at least thirty minute halves and unlimited. I, mean, subs. I think they, they they did the but, five the five subs, and I think I think that that's a good rule. I think the five we saw it in the like Euro Cup. Yeah, we saw it in the Euro Cup that towards the end of the game, players got tired, and they brought up you know the game kept on the, the, the speed yeah. of the game did not drop basically. Everything else. They also have the, the water breaks too. <laughs> the water breaks is nice yeah. too. My thing Throwing is in the, in the rubbish. It's right. rubbish. I think my thing is they need to get bar down first before they do any of these changes. Like get the bar and then we'll talk about these changes. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> so with this changes being made, I guess what we can we can transition into is if they don't make the changes, hopefully. What made you get into soccer? What made you like the beautiful game? Um, go ahead, for me. I remember the exact day. Um, it was June nineteenth, nineteen ninety six. My dad took me to watch the um, watch because we're, we're we're local to DC, so we went to um, the RFK Stadium to watch DC United versus LA Galaxy, and that was my first ever um, experience of soccer. Like maybe I had, you know, it was passed by it, or or you know, I I maybe touched the ball before then, but. I was like six years old and I, the experience of just hearing the crowd back in the day, the RFK stadium was packed to capacity. I mean, like lower level, top level in between people in the, in the, in, I feel like people were in the, in the aisles, like people were jumping. It was crazy. It was a great atmosphere. I think we won like three zero that game and it was incredible, man. Like, I feel like after that, after that day, like I was just hooked, it was picked on soccer. Yeah, that's nice. What about you? Yeah. Um, me, it was definitely, I mean, my my dad has been a La Selección Colombia, the Colombian national team, 100%, always supported. One of the first games I remember was watching Colombia play. I forget what team, but I, I remember Pibe, um, El Valderrama, uh, shooting a penalty kick and scoring, and then Colombia won. And that was my first real remember, a memory of soccer. But then... What really got me into soccer was in in the Women's World Cup of 1999. I was like eight or nine years old. My dad stumbled upon some games and he was like, these women are playing like really tough. They're hustling. And and then I just got into watching it with him. We watched all the games of the U.S. women's um, team. And then that final game, I don't know if you guys remember the, the penalty kicks against China where, um, God, Brandy Chastain, was it Brandy, Brandy Chastain? Chastain yeah. she, t- she took off her shirt and like, that was a big controversy. And I remember being, the day before being, that was my first stress. You know, before a final, like when our teams play, we get like, we're like stressed and like worried about it. Like that was my first time ever feeling that. And ever since then, I've been a, a big fan of the women's US soccer team. And that was my first real introduction to soccer. And then ever since then, like, it's it it kicked off. That's good. That, I didn't know good. that about you, dude. Yeah, yeah that was, really I, was eight, I was eight or nine years old, dude. It's a good memory. For yeah. me, for me, it was uh, Champions League final, Real Madrid-Valencia. 
Uh, the one where Madrid won 3 0. Uh, Steve McManaman hit that, uh, that, bite that karate like a, kid kind of thing. Yeah, the karate kid. Yeah. Kung Fu. And then Raul took on that big counter and just juked the goalie out, Canizares. Madrid played in that all black with the gold trims. Beautiful jersey. Beautiful jersey. Yeah. That, that for me was my first time in like, that's one of my biggest games that I, I can't forget. Um, I also remember World Cup 98 from beginning to end. Uh, yeah, but that was the beginning. <laughs> that was a great game, man. And uh, if any of our viewers or listeners can find that, um, that two, that was a 2001 uh, Madrid jersey with the gold and the black. Dude, I don't think it was 2001. I think it was or two thousand. I think yeah, it was it was it was right before. It was two thousand. Yeah, because right, yeah, they won ninety eight, two thousand, and then two thousand two, and then right. Valencia oh, won two thousand one. Right. It it I didn't start liking clubs football in Europe up until after two thousand two when Ronaldo was the R nine the Brazilian Ronaldo guy. I was hooked. Like when I saw him play, I was like. I need to follow him wherever he goes. That's going to be my team. He went to Real Madrid. That was my team. And that's been my team ever since 2002. And, yeah. and before then, I, I had, so yeah, so. You know, it's crazy. I didn't, yeah, well, I didn't you, really follow club teams either. I mean, obviously DC United, but that's, it was MLS, right? But I didn't follow like club teams abroad until actually Marco taught me about Madrid. I had no idea. I had no idea Madrid existed. I knew Ronaldo existed and I knew like, <laughs> um, Zidane existed from the from the '98 like final or the, the World it, Cup final, but I had no idea Madrid existed. This was this and is then, all pre pre social media guys, so you know we yeah. sound historic right now <laughs> <laughs> for the younger viewers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that's that's crazy how we're we're all Madrid fans, and it was just coincidence. That, that, yeah, that it, happened. It, it, was, it was meant to be. It was destiny. It, it, yeah. it was meant to be. Even though this isn't a Real Madrid podcast, you know, shout out to Barcelona fans out there. <laughs> well, yeah, another one for me. Another big. I, I seem to remember a lot of like Champions League finals. I think those, those are like the like the top, the top of you know cream of the crop, best soccer played, at, you know, anywhere. Uh, I remember Bayern, Manchester United, Manchester United winning right at the end. In Barcelona, that was that was a great game. Uh, I also when Mourinho won it with Porto. Oh, that was that, good, was, that was that was a good one. I didn't and expect it. Yeah, and if you bring it back over here on this way, uh, dude, all Copa oh, Libertadores with, with Boca, dude. Boca oh, campeon, bro. Oh right. my god, Boca campeon. Like, yeah, Copa Libertadores. Me and my dad would watch that all the. Like when I was a kid, every time, like I was a huge Boca fan. My dad was yeah. a River fan, and it was just, it was hilarious being able to go back and forth. Um, Bro, real quick, what? No, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, um, if any any of our viewers want to see the Women's World Cup uh, documentary, it's on YouTube. It's called. You can just type in U.S. Women's World Cup '91 or '99 or something. It's a whole documentary, yeah. and, and I watched it. It's really good. It's it's a little dated. Yeah, we'll put the link really in the good. description. We'll put the link in the description. No, Speaking dude, of our viewers, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got to share yeah, one yeah. more, one more. Do you guys remember it was um, Copa America? I think it was '99. 
where Colombia dominated, um, I think it was Argentina. 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 Oh, dude, I no. remember going crazy that game. No, it was it was um, Palermo. He missed. Uh, he missed penalties. penalties. Three penalties. He missed three he? penalties in one game. Wow. And yeah. and that was that was that was he talked about that. He was pretty much that was the downhill of his career. He was he never recovered from that. He he, he went through a, a lot of depression after that actually. Yeah, he missed I, I saw his documentary penalties. too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I saw like a clip. He was just like but, not the same but dude, after that. That game blew my mind. Like that was the first time I ever saw um and it's sad because it was on the 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 latter end of his career, but it was Carlos Valderrama, El Pibe, yeah. with you know with the big afro, the blonde afro, and um, dude, that was when I fell in love with with like midfielders or number tens. That style is like you don't have to be too fast, but man, you have vision, you have touch, you have like it's just graceful, dude. He was he, to me, he was one of my favorite midfielders of all time. Man. Yeah, he was. He he saw where he wanted to put the ball and he put it right there, right in front of you. Exactly. You, you, like you, you do what you need I, to do. I saw a, a little video the other day of um, where one of his teammates from, I think it was that 99 team. Like, um, I think, I don't know. I forgot what his name was, but um, he would tell him, put it right, give it to me right on my laces. And Carlos Valderrama would pass it from whatever side of the field he was on. It would land right on his laces. That's and, crazy, right? Dude, that's nuts, dude. Special skills. Yeah. That was awesome. We can yeah. we can definitely talk about number tens. You know, best number tens in the in the game. We gotta um, do it. We gotta do it. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's a lot, dude. I mean, you got just in South America. I mean, you have shoot. You know, Roman. You have El Pibe, dude. Like, I don't uh, know, bro. Did you Rujita? count into that? With that being said, though, we asked our audience um, what player influenced them the most to get into soccer. And we got we got here some we were able to talk to some people here. So we're about to shout them out real quick. These are other Instagrams at Buggy Now says R9 and Francesco Totti. Uh, I am the seven letter says Marco Cheverri, Brittany Chastain and Mia Hamm. And then we got some memorable responses here. We also, you know, a lot of people said Echeverri, Valderrama, Ronaldo. We even got LeBron in here. I don't know how, how that happened. I don't know. LeBron I don't know how that happened. It was probably a typo, bro. I mean, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron does love the beautiful game. He owns Liverpool, part of Liverpool. Part, part, so, of, Liverpool, yeah. part of Liverpool. So, I mean, it is what it is. He'd probably make a great soccer player. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, he's an athlete. He'd probably so. do any, he could probably do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he probably could. I mean, LeBron, dude. But, yeah. Yeah. That's so good, though. That was, that was a great topic. We can definitely, you know, build off on that one. So, more. I think we have a lot, <laughs> a lot to say. Yeah. All of our memories just started. Yeah, just that, was, that was a fun, that was a fun, like, going down memory lane. But, nah, that was cool. I mean, if anybody wants to type in the comments to see of your memories, you, you guys are more than welcome to do that. Yeah, we want to hear. We want to hear about you guys. We want to know what got you into it. We want to know what's your favorite player, because we like. We love that. We love to. We love to connect with you guys in that way. We might um, have to have some fans on here, man. We might have to have some fan stories. I know. Yeah. Weekly guests. There you go. <laughs> but that well, that was episode four, you guys, of the Midfield Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. 
follow us at the midfield podcast on instagram follow us at the midfield pod on twitter stay tuned for episode five five time and remember it's on youtube so don't forget it um smash the like button we like when you guys do that comment comment on instagram we like when you guys do that we we love it we want to hear you we want to connect with you guys so yeah any other words guys um, shout out to you guys. I mean, this is episode four. We've been doing this for a whole month, so it's been great. Yeah, it I've been good. having a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feels good. No, no, no. Shout fellas. out to the to the to the to the fans, man. To the to the people that have been listening and, and interacting on Instagram, on Twitter, and and YouTube. It's it's been fun. It's fun. This is only the beginning, so you the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Peace. Peace out.